this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in our judgment that ye may approve things that are excellent that ye may be sincere being filled with the fruits of righteousness unto the glory and the praise of God. I thank my God on every May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our first reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. Our second reading is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. This is God's word to God's people.
Notice that you put a clock in since I left back there. <laughs> and you all know I never paid attention to a clock anyway, so. <clears throat> I want to begin by just saying thank you to Walt and to Rachel and to Jeannie and to the anniversary committee for asking me to preach today. been 19 years, I can't believe it, since I was a part of this church, the ministry of this church. And I just give thanks to be able to come back and to share. Barbara and I love this church. We love the 20 years that we were able to be in ministry with you. Our family loved this church very much, to be a part of it throughout all those years that we were here. We remember all the the wonderful ministries that we had at this church and continue to have and to celebrate all the, the wonderful things that, that have gone on in this church throughout all those years. Today I just want to share with you several things about the ministry of this church. I, I came here on an evening in Fred Moravec was the chairperson of the committee at the Staff Parish Committee, Relations Committee at that time. And Nancy and he invited Barbara and I to go to dinner before the meeting. And they chose Cisco's restaurant. And I don't think they realized at the time that Cisco's would become my favorite of all restaurants when I was here <laughs> in Westlake Village. But we just enjoyed being a part of the ministry of these church for the years. We met with the committee that evening, and following the meeting, they showed us around the facilities, which at that time were the office complex on this side, a couple of rooms over here, the sanctuary that sat here in Alton Hall. And the last place they took me was to show me the sanctuary, which, as many of you know in the picture in the narthex shows, was completely in the round. There were chairs all the way around you, now, mind you, I was coming from the North Hollywood Methodist Church, which is a very traditional cathedral-like church with a very long aisle. The 
pulpits sitting about six feet above the congregation. You look down to the congregation as you preach. And I remember that first Sunday with a lectern in front of me, no pulpit, and people completely surrounding me, <laughs> having to be reminded on occasion to turn around the people behind me, which was the choir, <laughs> and to acknowledge that they were a part of the service as well. But from that very first Sunday, as, as we shared in communion, I recognized that this church had a great heritage already, even in the first 10 years, a great feeling towards one another. It was a church that was involved in fellowship, uh, the activities that were going on. It was involved in ministry. It was involved in mission. And I think through the years of all the activities and fellowship that we were able to share together and the ministries for children, youth, and adults that continue on and the mission work that this church has done through the years from the very beginning it's totally reached out into this community in so many different ways but even beyond through the alternative Christmas Mart sharing with people around the world and I think that's what, what the Apostle Paul was trying to, to say to this young church at Philippi. He writes these words, and I thank Tracy for the solo this morning because uh, it was a paraphrase of this scripture lesson. I thank God, says Paul, in all my remembrances of you, of your participation in the gospel from the very beginning. And I know that the God who began a good work in you will bring that work to completion. The God who began a good work here in Westlake Village 50 years ago will continue to bless this church and bring it to completion. And then two chapters later, Paul writing in the third chapter of Philippians. And this is the Paul who had been beaten, had been shipwrecked, had been hungry, had been imprisoned, was alone at times, saying, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things. Because Paul knew that the power of God was with him no matter what he was going through, no matter how difficult it might be, that God would empower him. Now, there are two things that I would say this morning. <clears throat> <laughs> yes, it did get to a point that I couldn't remember three things. <laughs> <clears throat> but there are two things. The first thing is this. It's, it's a great day to have a great day. Think about it, that today God's given to us to have a great day. I saw a plaque in a home not long ago that said, today is a great day to have a great day. And I thought to myself, that's a great philosophy. That's a great understanding. That's a great outlook on life. That today God's given to us to have a great day. The psalmist writing 3,000 years ago said those words that we said in the beginning, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and give thanks in it. That God's given us today to make it great. 
And yet how many mornings do we wake up in the morning and we look out at what's ahead of us that day and we see the schedule, the routine that we're going to have to go through, the problems that are there, the difficulties that we're going to have to go through, the disappointments that may be there, and we don't see it as a great day. And we need to be reminded that this is the day that God's given to us to make a great day. I love the story of the lion who one morning woke up and was a bit insecure and wanted to make sure that all the other animals knew who he was, that he was the king of the jungle. So he made a list and he bypassed all the the small animals, and the first one he came to was the bear, and he walks up to the bear, looks up the bear, and says, who's the king of the jungle? And immediately, the bear responds, you're the king of the jungle, you're the mighty one, you're the great one, and the lion roared his approval. Well, the second animal on the list was the tiger, and he goes up to the tiger, and he says, who's the king of the jungle? And the tiger immediately responds, everyone knows you're the king of the jungle, you're the great one, the mighty one. And the lion roared his approval. Well, third on the list was the elephant. And he went up to the elephant and he said, who's the king of the jungle? And the elephant swooped down with his trunk and picked that lion up and swirled him around in the air, banged him down on the ground several times, took him down to the river, dipped him in the river for a while, pulled him out, banged him back down on the ground. Well, it took a few minutes for the lion to get up and (laughs) be able to recover and Finally, he he looks up at the elephant and he says, just because you don't know the answer is no reason to be so mean about it. (laughs) Now, there are those days that we feel like that. That life can batter us, it can bruise us, it can even bloody us, disappoint us. And yet we know that God's with us. That God will carry us through whatever we're having to face that day. That God will empower us to be victorious. An older woman one time made the decision that it was time for her to leave her single family home and move to a retirement home. She knew things were going to be different, that she was going to have her own room, yes, but she was going to have to go down the hall to eat her meals and she was going to go to the rec room at times. And she knew things were going to be different, but she knew it was time that she had to leave the home. And so she made an appointment with a retirement home that wasn't far from where she lived. And the day came, she went, the director met her and took her into his office. And he began to tell her of all the wonderful things that she was going to experience, the beautiful room that she was going to be in, the great meals that she would have, all the activities that she was going to be having each week. And after a while, the, the director stopped and he looked at her and he says, now what I'd like to do is I'd like to take you around the facilities and show you where your room is, show you where the meals are going to be served and show you the rec room where you'll be having many activities. And the woman looked at him and said, oh, that's not going to be necessary. And he said, why not? And she said, because I've already decided to be happy here. And he looked at her and he says, how do you know you're going to be happy? 
And she said, it's not where I live. It's not the circumstances of my life. I've already made a decision that I'm going to be happy here. I like that kind of an attitude. The kind of an attitude that, that lets us know that, that who we are can respond in a positive way, that we may be going through a difficult moment or there may be struggles in life or we don't know if we're going to be able to get through a day. We can say, I know I'm going to make it today. I know I'm going to be all powerful in my life today. I know that I can be happy in my life. Uh, it's so important for you and for me in our lives to be able to come to that moment where we know that we can celebrate it. The Apostle Paul had many a hard day in his life, and yet he always remembered that he wasn't alone, that God would go with him through it. A son and a father were backing out of the driveway. The father was taking the son to school one day, and as they backed out, the son kind of moaned, oh, another day I have to go to school. The father didn't say anything for a few seconds. He just thought about it. And then he turned to his son and said, Son, you don't have to go to school today. You get to go to school today. The son turned to his father and said, But dad, you have to go to work. Again, the, the father just paused for a moment. And then he turned to his son and he said, No, son, I get to go to work today. When I was your age, I couldn't look forward. I looked forward to getting to go to school to having an education, to getting a degree, to having a job, to getting married, to having a home. Son, I want you to remember, always, it's not a have-to life, it's a get-to life. And that's so true in your life and in my life, that it's not a have-to life that we go through, it's a get-to life. That every morning as we wake up, we can say, Lord, I get to do this today. I get to celebrate this in my life today. I get to make this a great day today. You see, life is a privilege. Family is a privilege. Community is a privilege. This church is a privilege. Living in this country is a privilege. Oh, it's a great day to have a great day. Now, the second thing I would say to you this morning is a great day to have great relationships. To look out at the people that are, we're going to be with today and, and to know that those relationships can be great. There's a story of a woman who was on a a flight to New York City. And shortly after takeoff, a flight attendant came up to her and said, Ma'am, I'm sorry, you're going to have to move back to coach. You're in first class and you don't have a coach. You don't have a first class ticket. You have to go back to coach. The woman said, I'm going to New York City. I sat down here. I'm not going to move. Well, the flight attendant didn't want to cause any disturbance, so she went back and she talked to another flight attendant. This flight attendant went up to her and said, Ma'am, I'm sorry, you're going to have to move back to coach. You don't have a first-class ticket. You're sitting in first-class. The woman said, I sat down here. I'm going to New York City. I'm not going to move. 
Well, this flight attendant didn't want to cause a disturbance either, so the two of them went up front to the plane to the pilot, and they told the pilot what was going on. The pilot came out, went over to the woman, whispered something in her ear, and immediately she got up and moved. Well, the flight attendants were a bit taken back by this. And so when the pilot came back to where they were, they said, what did you say to her? The pilot said, I simply told her that the first class section wasn't going to New York City. (laughs) Relationships can get us down at times. They can irritate us. They can frustrate us. But we know that that God will be with us through those relationships. That God gives us the patience that we need. Gives us the appreciation that we need. Gives us the understanding we need. God gives us his grace to see people from where they're coming and to deal with them in a, in a, in a very positive, proactive way. In the book, No Less Than Greatness, the author tells about a woman who wakes up one morning, goes to her front window, opens the drapes, and she sees a a large motorhome sitting in front of her house. She lived on a fairly narrow street, and she knew that getting in and out of her driveway was going to be really hard. So feelings began to build up inside of her, and after about a moment, she said, well, Maybe the son and daughter-in-law, that wonderful older couple that live across the street are visiting them. I can live with this for a few days. There'll be no problem. So when she backed out the driveway that day, she had to turn several times to be able to make the turn to get away. Coming home, she had to do the same thing. But she thought, I I sure hope that the son and daughter-in-law are having a great time with their mother and father-in-law. Next day, a friend came to visit her and had to park down the street a ways, and that was all right. Well, the following day, she discovered that the motorhome didn't belong to the son and daughter-in-law of that couple across the street, but to neighbors two doors down. Neighbors that were always causing problems in the neighborhood. They would yell at the children if they ever got near their yard, but they never took care of their yard. They left their trash cans out all the time. They just were angry people, it seemed like. And immediately, the woman began to to feel anger building up inside of her. And she thought, you know, it's just like them, isn't it? These people, to leave that motorhome where people have to get around it, they, they make it hard for everybody in the neighborhood. They're always yelling at people. Now, mind you, the motorhome hadn't moved an inch. It was in the same exact spot. The only thing that changed was her attitude. One of acceptance to one of irritation. Nothing else changed. But we know in our lives that we can get upset at times in situations. But we know also that what? We have the power to make a difference in the world 
in which we live and the people that we meet in this world. You can make a difference. I can make a difference. And everyone that we meet on a daily basis. Because we have the power that God gives to us. Now, yes, it's a great day to have great relationships. I would close with this. That's so, usually I would say that so those who had fallen asleep would wake up. <laughs> they hear those famous words, I close with this. <clears throat> One time there were about 15,000 men that were in a stadium. And the keynote speaker got up to, to speak. And he began his talk. And about a third of the way through, he paused for a moment. He looked at the 15,000 men that were there. And he said to them, on the count of three, I want you to yell out the place that you came from, the town that you're from. And he counted to three and all the men there yelled out where they were from, and it was complete chaos. It was like the Tower of Babel. No one understood anything. Pause for a moment. He said, now, on the count of three, I want you to call out your favorite food. And he counted to three, and everyone called out their favorite food. Again, there was a, a chaos. And the third time, he said, now... The, the, the third time, what I want you to do when I count to three is call out your favorite sport. And almost every sport imaginable was called out and there was chaos. And the speaker paused for a moment. And then he looked out at the men and he said, now on the count of three, I want you to call out the name of your Savior. And he called out, one, two, three, and 15,000 men called out the name of Jesus. The one thing that you and I know, and we know it so well in our hearts, is that Jesus is our Savior. And because of Jesus, we have a God who empowers us to live our lives victoriously. See, we follow a great Savior. We follow a great God. We serve a great God. And everything that we do. Well, my friends, Barbara and I, we love this congregation. And we know that God will continue to bless the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village for the days and years that are ahead. Amen.